everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Hey, Colin, guess what? I, uh, nope, I got nothing. What? We have a guest. Hey, Colin, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, we, we have a guest, and it's a pretty, he's a pretty important one uh, for this show. Is there is there some history? There is some history, which is which is fun for our timeline podcast. Um, yeah, I'm gonna bring him on, and then we're gonna okay. talk about context. And it's weird to have someone waiting in the wings while you sort of in- tee them up. Right. Um, we have Tony Goldmark. Tony, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This is this is great. Standing ovation, signs in the audience. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so. Tony is very, very special and intrinsic to this podcast because if you recall, uh, if listeners will recall in minute in our in our you know introductory episode, we, I talked about uh, the sort of origins for uh, how we started to to do this show. And one of the major origin points is a list that Tony made of scenes of or of clips of the Marvel movies in historical order. Before we get into talking about some Eternals, I wanted to, um, you know, sort of talk to you about this because it's so fun to have you on. (laughs) Because it's like... It's fun to be on. I I found your... Well, let me ask you this. Did you ever do Chronologically Lost? Did you ever watch that? I I wasn't a big Lost fan. Okay, fair I, enough, fair I, enough. I I I think my uh, my girlfriend at the time kind of made me sit through the first season, mm, and yeah. I was I was honestly really bored for most of it. Fair. I actually I don't fair. care much for that show, and I just never bothered with it after that. Uh, so, but but I definitely um I definitely see the appeal of that kind of thing. Yeah, I, l- like another thing I've. I've considered doing kind of as a follow-up to the MCU thing. I, I probably won't ever get around to it unless there's another pandemic, but, but more on that later. <laughs> right. But I've also like always wanted to put the Tarantino verse in order. Ooh, like that, that would be oh, cool too. Cause obviously definitely. his movies play fast and loose with, you know, the order in which things happen for sure. Yeah. For and, sure. And, and all his movies supposedly take place in the same broader universe. It wouldn't be obviously as massive as the MCU timeline, but that would be another avenue if i wanted to do a sequel as it were <laughs> it would be it'd be hilarious because and that one would be finite because he's only got one movie left so <laughs> right right he and some of those movies are movies in the in the universe right do i understand that correctly i think that like yeah well kill bill supposedly kill, yeah. is is like, a yeah. movie within the tarantino yeah. universe though i'm not sure I would count it because because it shares a couple characters with death proof right it, but that, that death proof yeah also a movie in the I think is that, it i uh, maybe i don't but it, it's so i feel like there's another connection though somewhere <laughs> i i don't know it, it yeah. that's that's a whole other <laughs> totally yeah franchise what, what uh you I, I have a feeling that you maybe already hinted at this what was it that made you take on this 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 task what, well what? it was it, it was something that's all that was always kind of at the back of my mind. I'm just I'm just kind of pre I'm just kind of preternaturally disposed to think to to think about things that way. Think about like okay, what what's the order of this thing? Like my my dad's the same way. My dad makes lists of everything. You know my so so and I've always 
been like that. I always like making lists of everything. And uh, I started the MCU scene by scene timeline really just as a way to pass the time during the 2020 pandemic lockdown. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I put my podcast on hiatus because at first I thought, well, up to that point, I had recorded every episode in person with people, and I didn't mm. want to record mm. over Zoom because I thought, eh, the chemistry won't be there. But then I ran out of patience and started recording episodes <laughs> over Zoom right. yep. several months later, and I found out I actually quite liked it. There's, yeah. there's, and and now that I can do both, I, I kind of do 50-50. But, yeah. um, but, but for a few weeks straight there, at the beginning of the lockdown, uh, when I just had nothing to do, I just needed stuff to do to fill out each day. And I thought it'd be, you know, I've got a Disney Plus account. I've got, you know, all the movies that aren't on Disney Plus I've got on Blu-ray or DVD. <laughs> you know, I could I, I could do this. I could arrange this whole thing scene by scene. And I did not expect it to get the reception it got because yeah. because, first of all, I want to make it clear. I am not the first guy to do this. Like there have been other people who have been trying to arrange as i've soon found out there have been other people who've been trying to arrange the mcu in chronological order basically for as long as the mcu has existed right you know i mean there's right. been people who've been trying to arrange the comics in chronological order Ooh, yeah. there's that is really wonderful. really sure. really intense people out there and i wasn't even like i set a few guidelines for myself just to keep things relatively simple like my list only covers the movies and now the Disney plus series because, because as far as I'm concerned, it needs that kind of Kevin Feige stamp of approval in order right. to really, really count. <laughs> uh, right. you, know, it, I, you know, I didn't bother with the ABC series. I didn't bother with the Netflix series. I, um, I, I didn't, I didn't put any one shot shorts or deleted mm -hmm. scenes in there, you know, just to keep things, relatively simple although that's kind of like trying to keep the pacific ocean relatively dry right but yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but, but but you know there's a like i said there's been other people who've um attempted this sort of thing and i did not expect my list to get as much traction as it got but it went super viral yeah and i was i was really kind of kind of amazed by that and uh, i gained a whole bunch of twitter followers from it and <laughs> And 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 of course, every time uh, every time Marvel re releases new stuff, every time they release you know a new movie or a new Disney Plus series, I gotta update. Except for What If? What If is the one thing I'm kind of leaving off the list, and I'm using the excuse that it's animated because otherwise, <laughs> you know, th this thing's convoluted enough without without getting into all the alternate universes and shit. It's me, future Colin, here to interrupt past Colin, James, and Tony. I just wanted to let you know ahead of time, before we get into the episode, you're going to notice a couple jumps here and there in the audio. I just wanted to let you know that we had a little bit of a technical difficulty, and so I stitched together the um, full files with some of the back backup files to make this episode happen, uh, but it is occasionally going to get a little funky as I try to make sure that I get the cleanest possible audio. Uh, so thank you for you know for bearing with us through this little technical difficulty, but at the end of the day, the episodes that we recorded with Tony were just too great to just scrap simply because we had a technical difficulty. Uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it, so uh, I think you will as well. 
So now that I've said my piece and, you know, also curbed the possibility of anyone tweeting at me with some sort of, I don't know, weird request to release the director's cut, no. Enjoy the episode, have fun, and we'll see you again for more Eternals next week. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, we have a couple of questions that we kind of uh, typically ask folks uh, when they're, you know, first-time guests on the show. Uh, And some of it was kind of already answered in part of the response uh, that we got about, you know, creating the list and everything like that. But uh, before we get into the actual, like, Eternals material, uh, I just wanted to know, so, you know, you were talking about getting into the MCU movies, um, but do you have, like, a history with the Marvel comics at all? I never read Marvel comics as a kid. I just wasn't into them uh, for whatever. I, I, I still haven't really gotten into them i i didn't watch marvel animated tv shows as a kid it was really honestly the i i I think i saw the first x-men movie when it came out in 2000 um i was really as a kid the comics i was really into i i was the dorky fucking kid who was really into into duck comics into the carl barks don rosa like donald Mm. uncle scrooge comics the stuff that the stuff that ducktales was inspired by like that that was my jam when i was a kid i was kind of a weird kid but the um but but marvel i never really got into and i i i i basically i'm i still know very very little about the comics in the grand cosmic Mm. sense uh most of what i most of what i know about marvel comes from the movies i i I did really love the Raimi Spider-Man movies like that. That was the first yep. Marvel material that I remember really loving and really gravitating towards. And since then, it's I've just been the basic bitch who's into the MCU and, <laughs> and not the comics or anything. That's totally fine. You know, I feel yeah. like there's actually a lot of people that I feel like are in that same boat. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. We are here to talk about Eternals. This is a cool thing, too, because uh, you're. If someone is listening to these episodes for the first time, right? If they're starting mm-hmm. from the very beginning, you are now our first guest. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, because we 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 had some guests, but all of them were after BCE. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So then suddenly, you know, once we're you know now because we're like backtracking because Eternals came out. Mm-hmm. Now you're being deposited backwards into the timeline, and you are now the first guest. Uh, So I feel like that's a really cool thing to experience as well. Uh, And I had one other thing about that, and I immediately lost it. (laughs) Because I saw James giving me a thumbs up, and I thought he was trying to flag me down, and immediately just whatever was in my brain. Well, I could just talk about Eternals if you want. Um, Because Eternals was actually... Uh, you know, once it came out, people were saying, oh, this is going to be a tough movie for you to put in the timeline because it's so nonlinear. It was actually it was actually really easy to it's put easy, in the timeline yeah. because because, yeah, it is a nonlinear story. It's got lots of lots of flashbacks, but each flashback is very clearly delineated. Right. There's my friend Chiron's all over the place. Chiron, there is always a helpful Chiron to tell you exactly when each flashback takes place, be it. 5000 BC Mesopotamia, or in this case, 575 BC Babylon. Uh, Honestly, the much harder part was figuring out how the rest of the MCU fits around it, because, you know, most of these movies are much more vague about it. Like, for example, the flashback battle sequence in Thor Ragnarok of Valkyrie fighting Hela 
Uh, when does that take place? I, I just had to take a stab at that one based on the available information. Yeah, absolutely. This, yeah, uh, I love, I love a firmly established uh, time period. Uh, mm-hmm. Shang Chi. I'm looking at you, Shang Chi. <laughs> it's just a thousand years ago. Okay, I... and that doesn't make any. Okay, <laughs> but also again, we're we're just rehashing. But the fact that they say thousands of years, but then it's a thousand. You're like, oh I mean, it's not really every thousands. time. I mean, every time they say it, it, you just picture the cybernetic ghost of Christmas past from the future from Aqua Teen thousands of years ago. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's just, you, you picture that every time it goes into that, that kind of It's shit, wild but... to me that like a thousand, a thousand and four years, we're just rounding up to the next thousand yeah, to make it thousands. Exactly. It's just, yeah, it's we, a fun little thing. I shouldn't have to incorporate gestation time into my, this timeline. I shouldn't have to do that. And yet on Shang-Chi, I'm like, okay, so they met and then how yeah. old is he? Oh my God. It's yeah. That was, that was much more complicated to fit into the timeline. Yeah. Um, but, but, but honestly that in that case, I actually found that, um, that challenge part of the fun personally. Oh, absolutely. It, it was, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It, I looked I, I I looked at those that the scenes where it was just sort of like and then throughout the you know from then until now they did a bunch of assassination stuff. I was looking at costumes. I was oh, looking yeah. at coins. All and the context. All yeah. this stuff. It was. It, I mean was, the, the the big the big question that they're going to have to eventually answer now is okay clearly a uh, Wen Wu's ten rings were the were the rings of some Eternals Unimind. Because that's how they... That's, that's what I the, was the, also The rings at the thinking. end of Eternals. They look exactly like the Ten Rings from yes. Shang-Chi. So, but, they, but those rings couldn't have gone back in time because that would have created an alternate timeline. So clearly, those are the rings of some other Eternals from some other planet that somehow right. made their way to Earth a thousand years ago and wound up in Wen Wu's possession. So they're going to have to tell that backstory at some My... point. My thought process has been one of two things. So, like, you know, we also know of Nowhere from mm-hmm. Guardians, which is in the head of a former Celestial. Right, 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 right. So, clearly, this sort of thing has happened before. It could have easily have been from that time period because that's been there and sure, rotting sure. for ages. Well, so, you know, that could have been happened, sent somehow through some sort of portal or whatever because you know there's jump points there's of course uh, of course spots and stuff like that the other thing about those rings is that i i had that same thought once they did the unimind i was kind of like oh oh huh because like when he was like showing the design i was like that looks a lot like what they were then showing at the end of shang chi when you know wong is like right using magic to look at it but i do think though they're gonna have to get into something very interesting which is either gonna be we have to explain how these came from some form of Eternals in the past or have to just all suspend our belief about how unbelievably similar they look and then go <laughs> Fing Fang Foom made them uh, because get... yeah, they're from his realm. Oops. Well, well, here's we love rings. Here's my sort of half a theory on on uh, relating to that. Originally, before the pandemic hit, Eternals was going to come out before Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. And they had to flip the order of them. Originally, Eternals was going to, if you go back, look at old schedules, Eternals yeah. was going to come out November 2020. Shang-Chi was going to come out right. February 21. And uh, so maybe originally the prologue of Shang-Chi was going to include stuff about mm. the Eternals. Maybe, maybe that was going to 
you know, tie that gap together. I recall but, there was something about how when we found the rings in the prologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they say it was either in a tomb or in a meteor. They're like, but the legends can never really be sure. Uh, and like the thing is, we've also talked about this as well, which is that we only know about the rings once Wenwu gets them, but there of could course. have easily have been someone before as well. Like someone found them in a meteorite, used those for a couple thousand years, then was like, all right, I'm done putting them in my tomb. And then he finds those and he's like, okay, papa. Right. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of like unanswered questions. Yeah. And I think that they sometimes purposefully like leave it as vague as possible. So if they want to explore it right, further down right. the road, they can easily be like, Hey, here's a little scene that now explains this thing from 10 years ago. And you're like, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do want to keep it open. They don't want to, because even they don't quite know exactly where this story's going yet. Right, so right. They're, they're making this shit up as they go along. And fortunately, they're mostly better improvisers than J.J. Abrams. But that's another story. Um, I'm just upset. I'm going to get into where we are. I'm super upset that uh, yeah, this was such a revelation yeah. to me just now. Uh, <laughs> that I hadn't put that together before. The funny thing is I almost said that to you about a week ago. Because I was re-watching the movie for uh, you know research stuff. And I almost said it to you, but then I was like, no, either he's seen that, like, or like thought that, or that's going to somehow be considered like maybe a spoiler. So maybe I won't tell him. <laughs> I don't know how to address it. Uh, but see, if it doesn't come from me, then I don't, you know, have to feel bad. So, but I, it's a great theory. I am very into it. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it, it's actually the only thing that makes sense to me right now. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so we are talking about, uh, Eternals. We're going to start at, uh, 2151 and at 2318. Um, here's what happens in the scene. Um, MC wiki hasn't gotten a hold of it yet. So this is going to be in James colloquialisms and not, uh, their colloquialism. colloquialism. So hopefully, It'll sound more like me. Uh, Ajak, Ajak confers with Ereshem. They're keeping Babylon safe from the from the deviants. More people are coming to seek refuge, making it the largest city on Earth. Ajak says there's something special about Earth. She says that this time the cost is, and Ereshem cuts her off, telling her not to get too attached to Earth to focus on the mission. Um, that is, so we see uh, the they establish the mechanic of a little ball comes out of uh, Ajak's throat and that takes her to space or like takes her consciousness to space or whatever yeah does does that little golden orb thing have a name by the way do they call it yes hang on a second oh god hang on i have a note about it hang on gather on a statue oh they call they call them communication spheres like on the mcu wiki every time they talk about that sphere they call it a communication sphere i'm assuming that it's almost like a mini satellite that connects the their minds essentially across universes sure. to Arishem, like a Zoom call that can reach further than you know across a country. Yeah, it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. The, well, like and... they don't want to have a paid account, so that it has to be one on one, so that way it's still unlimited time. Yeah, See, it's based it in reality. Yeah, and Social yeah, and, and 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 of course, visually, it looks like she's being teleported into into outer space. Mm-hmm. She's reporting her progress. It, it it honestly reminded me a lot of um of Mork, Mork reporting yep. to Orson. You know, it's 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 that basically, but but that um but in with this grand epic epic Chloe Zhao uh, scale. <laughs> 
I'm not gonna I'm not going to go into the grave easy if I don't ever hear Salma Hayek saying nanu nanu. So that's something <laughs> for when we uh, meet her um, in the future when she becomes a huge fan of the show. Um, sure, sure. I wanted to point out that uh, we see um, before and after the giant panoramic FaceTime kicks in, um, we see some animal designs like lions and bulls that were like what you talked about uh, when we were talking about Babylon in the last episode, Colin. So firmly establishing the uh, the pictures of, of lions and bulls and animals and stuff. And it comes back more too. So like that's a little tease for you, little read tease. Ooh, fun. <laughs> um, uh, so, okay. Now we have a, a segment called um, Avengers Ensemble, which is where we talk about the people that play the parts of the uh, stuff that we're talking about. We have, uh, well, theme song. Avengers Ensemble. And we have uh, one uh, one installment today. It is David Kay, who plays the voice of Arishem. Um, a rather prolific voice actor. Uh, he's done Young Justice, uh, He-Man, Ben 10, Teen Titans Go, Avengers Assemble, which sounds weird now that we've made that segment yeah. the other thing. Yeah. Uh, G.I. Joe, Transformers, uh, X-Men. He was in one episode of Mantis, which is a show that I bring up all the time as the one that I really liked as a kid that I is actually on Amazon Prime and I would like to revisit to see if it totally destroys my childhood by being not as good as I remember. Um, <laughs> and uh, the last thing is that a bit, a bit of trivia, David Kay is the only voice actor in the Transformers franchise to both have, to have regularly played both Megatron and Optimus Prime. So um, he has a history of being uh, large in charge uh, giant robots. Well, you know, I, I, I found out both um, voice actors for both Optimus Prime and Megatron have played Red Skull because... <laughs> I uh, 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 last year on my podcast we covered an episode of the 1981 Spider-Man series in mm -hmm. which uh, in which Peter Cullen did the voice of the Red Skull and of course Hugo Weaving played the Red Skull and he was the voice of Megatron in the Michael Bay movies. Wow. So and uh, and but another thing about David Kay, uh I found because I I actually did a bit of uh, curious you know Wikipedia rabbit holing myself when when Eternals came out. David Kay is also the announcer on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Oh, interesting. So, so oh. if you it, whenever you watch Last Week Tonight and every time they have a new segment, they always have his voice, you know, announcing, you know, and now this thing or or, or whatever. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why is this still a thing? That that those announcement things. Uh, just know in the future that's Arishem. That's Arishem doing those announcements for John Oliver. Um, just real quick. Uh, he also played uh, the voice of Duckworth on the mm. new DuckTales. Oh, very cool. Oh, yeah, I know. So that is uh, that is David Kay, prolific voice actor. He's also done a whole bunch of stuff for like, uh, he's been a video whole bunch games, of Marvel voices. Yeah, cartoons. video games and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's get really quick into Arishem, the character in the comic, uh, who looks entirely different and is entirely different. Well, <laughs> almost entirely different. Um, he made his first appearance in Eternals number two, in May 1976, he has one alias. So real quick, hey, Colin, do the, do the theme song real sped up. Real quick uh, installment of Alias Investigations. Alias Investigations. Killer of Planets. That is his alias. The Celestials are far more complicated in Eternals, the comic books, because there's more than one of them. 
uh, or two if you count Tiamat, I guess. There's a whole gang of them, and they show up, and it's they, they've been. This is the fourth time they've been to Earth when they show up in 1976. They, they they're called hosts. This is the fourth host. The first host was basically they found um, sort of like a. Neanderthals and turned some of them into humans, some of them into deviants, and some of them into eternals. Second host is the deviants. Uh, one, they largely took over the earth and were like, you know, wrecking shops. So they're like, okay, they you know wiped them all out. And that is in the 1976 comics. They're like, this is uh, where we get like the Noah's Ark thing, where they flood the earth and stuff. That is mm. the second host because. Uh, Eternals in the 1976 uh, miniseries is basically like, I'm going to explain all of myths uh, with yeah. robots, um, which is <laughs> fun and, and and sometimes shoehorned in. Um, third host is... Ah, uh, Jack Kirby. <laughs> <Gotta> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ambitious. I think yes. we can all agree ambitious. Um, yeah. Third host was Cultivation. They came back and they sort of uh, helped plant some seeds and sort of get things growing back up because fourth host is they come back and it's judgment time. Uh, judgment is they all come back and basically Arishem stands stock still for 50 years. Meanwhile, all the rest of the celestials take like core samples and they're basically like an, an EPA sampling group. They're like, they take uh, DNA samples of everything and like they break people down into their atoms so that they, they have a guy that collects the samples, they have a guy that analyzes the samples and all of this happens while Arishem just sort of stands stock still and then at the end of the 50 years, after all this has happened and Ereshem sort of observes everything and all this stuff, then Ereshem decides whether uh, the planet lives or dies. Um, and I still haven't gotten to, I started to read all of the appearances of Ereshem and I still haven't gotten to the part where they resolve how 50 years from when it started is 2026. And as far as I know, the Eternals aren't still on Earth uh, doing stuff in the comics so someone must break that or something i haven't i haven't i haven't seen that yet but i'm sure that maybe i'll hear from hear from people about that so uh, in the comics the leader of the celestials was a being known as the one above all and if you're wondering did thor try and attack him yeah yeah of course yeah. was of course, thor yeah. swatted aside with a one above all's backhand oh for sure absolutely um it was hilarious if it's bigger than him and he knows for sure it's definitely not on his side. He's gonna try and attack it. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, at, and he's at, like, he, my, he my swung at everything. Yeah, right. exactly. And one of all, I was like, "You are nothing to me." Um, he uh, he bears the same name with a god of the Marvel universe, but they're two separate entities. Apparently, there's also a god named One Above All. Um, and then the final thing is that if you look at the comics, you will notice that Arishem doesn't have a six-eyed sort of deal going on he has right. like a complicated kind of kylo ren thing going on on his on his yeah. uh, red mask mm. uh, the face that he has in the mcu very closely resembles the uh celestial isan the searcher um in fact it is literally almost like someone was doing research and was like "Ooh, that's a good one." Oh, but that's not we're going to use that one that one for sure um because it's it's a direct if you look at isan e-s-o-n the searcher it is Arishem from the movie's face. Um, I guess one more thing is that in the comics, Arishem is 2,000 feet tall. And I think I saw on the MCU wiki that he is like 6,000 feet tall. Um, he's a big, big, big guy compared to like <laughs> little tiny Salma Hayek. And like he takes up the whole landscape and stuff. So uh, right. 
they they increase the size because you know it's movies we got to go big and, and salma hayek is pretty tiny even for a human isn't she exactly. just like right. five yeah. three or something Some, yeah, yeah if that for sure yeah. yeah and they just wanted it to be like they needed desperately for it to be like a total eclipse like when he shows up it has to be basically the entire world goes hey wait a minute the clouds are out i didn't think it was gonna <laughs> rain oh my god you know it's like <laughs> sky's red yeah. I mean, I imagine if you live in the MCU, it's just it, that's just Thursday. It's like every that's there's true. so many weird shit. That's well, I mean, f- we just spent five years with half the population missing. Fuck it, giant, giant, uh, giant Lego in the sky. The Who thing cares? Is, though, is that know? there's still areas that I feel like still haven't seen that sort of stuff. Like half of the United <laughs> States hasn't seen battle to this level, so yeah. surely they're freaking out. But New York City's like, all right, whatever, dude. You know, just like, you know, get out of my way. You know? New York City, Broxton, Oklahoma, and L.A., and then the yeah. rest of the country is basically uninitiated. Right. Everyone yeah. else is like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is some Norway stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, and and we should all, I, I don't know if you were getting to this, but we should also point out uh, this Eternals, uh, at least in terms of release order, was not the first time we saw Arisham in the MCU. He briefly had a cameo in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. In those films that Tonalier Tavon showed uh, showed the Guardians of of uh, you know where he explains the Infinity Stones. Right. There's a th- there's one shot of Arishem just like mowing down a whole planet full of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just chores. That's just chores. Yeah. You, know, you gotta hey get out there and gotta mow the down the planets. Absolutely. It'll be interesting though to see if if that's the story that he tells and if it was actually potentially cele- uh, not Celestials. Uh, Eternals that spoke back mm. that did what they just did. And he's like, mm, judgment time. Boom. That was easy. You know? <laughs> exactly. So we'll see in the next scene, uh, what, what she does and, uh, what she does with this information, but we have some, uh, some big foreshadowing about, um, you know, people's, uh, interests and people's sort of allegiances and stuff. So, right. If you'd like to find our show, you can find us on Twitter at Timeline Scav. If you want to find the network that we're a part of, you can follow the network at ScavengersNet. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at Colin M. Parker. James, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at Unabashed James. And uh, Tony, where can people find you on Twitter? They can find me at at Tony Goldmark, and I should also plug my podcast, Escape from Vault Disney. Perfect. That's that was my next question. Was gonna <laughs> was going to be instead of recommending a show from here, I was going to recommend your show. So, <laughs> give us give us a little pitch on your show, essentially, like what the situation is. Well, Escape from Vault Disney is a podcast where we review various pieces of content, movies, TV shows, series of shorts that are available on Disney Plus. Uh, chosen completely at random most of the time. Uh, occasionally we do theme months or guest choices, guest choice episodes, stuff like that. But mainly it's chosen completely at random. My guests and I don't know what we're going to cover before we sit down to record. Uh, although, although we, although the first thing we record is always a teaser that goes on the end of the previous episode, but to give, to give the listeners a chance to, to catch up. But but yeah, every week we we review something on Disney Plus. We we talk about it. Sometimes we make fun of it. We uh, we dissect it. Uh, we we've done a few Marvel things here and there, mainly Marvel TV shows. We did uh, last year. We did an episode of Loki. 
uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have a theme month in March where all five episodes we release in March will be uh, will adhere to a certain theme. We'll have the randomizer choose from a short list. I as we record though, I don't know what that theme will be. So cool. just uh, tune in and find out. I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll surprise me just as much as you. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, that's Escape from Vault Disney. You can find that wherever podcasts are available. You can also follow the show on Twitter at EFVD Podcast. And, uh, if you, and if you really want to support my show, I've got a Patreon, patreon.com slash Tony Goldmark. Perfect. Uh, and then also, of course, uh, I would not be doing my job if I didn't also remind you that you can find Nick Vermald, uh, the gentleman who wrote the music that you hear at the beginning and the end of this show, at N-B-R-A-M-A-L-D or nickbramaldcomposer.co.uk. But that's going to do it for us on this episode of the Eternals Pickups on Timeline Scavengers. As always, I'm Colin Parker. James Anderson. I'm Tony Goldmark. Excelsior! Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.